the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You have one purpose. Be found faithful. It's simple. Be found faithful. Are you living according to God's purpose for your life? Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Every Christ follower will give account not only for our messed up lives, but for the things we've done for our for His glory. So how do we know this? Because Paul tells us he's going to bring to light the hidden things. That's a little scary. When I grew up in church, Sharon, we would open the hymnal. I think you probably were the same way. And the music director would stand after the preacher sat down. The music director would stand and say, shall we stand, turn to hymn number 476, and then they would do this, and we would sing. So it was a transition. I can remember growing up when we started looking on the screens, and now we have these screens, and we can follow on Scripture on the screens, and it's exciting. But can you imagine if we shifted yet again? And in addition to the music and the Scripture on the screens, when you came in, there was a scrolling detail of the sins you had committed in the previous week. Hello. I imagine church attendance would either go way down or way up. It could go either way. Everybody likes a good train wreck, right? So he's saying there'll be a day where the hitting things are going to come to light. And and then he says, there's also going to be a day where the purposes of the heart are revealed. That's even more scary. Because I can fake it till I make it. But God knows my heart. He knows what's behind what I do. And so Paul is saying, you guys, you're fussing and fighting about these things that make zero difference. And yet the reality is one day we're going to stand before God. And on that day, God will reveal even that which we conceal. It's Proverbs 28. What we have covered, he will uncover. But what we uncover by his grace, thank you, Jesus, he will cover. So, A spiritually-minded person, remember that's our goal. A spiritually-minded person keeps a short list of accounts before God so they're consciously aware of the importance of being found faithful. What does that look like? Well, good news, we don't have the list of your sins we're putting on the screen. But you committed some this week, right? And some of you, your time with God in confession is kind of like one of my best buddies' dad always prayed. Lord, forgive us our many sins. Well, he had components right. God forgives. We have many sins. 
But your sins may not be my sins, and my sins may not be your sins. So those blanket prayers are not the way we need to go about confession. What I need to do is make sure there's some point in every day where I stop and say, God, man, I blew it in my attitude toward my wife today. Please forgive me and help her to forgive me. God, I was not the father I needed to be in this action. Or God, when I talked to this person at work, man, that was not the spirit of God represented in me. Or when I made this decision doing my taxes, I, I don't know that that was honorable to you. Or, or God, when, when I sped past that person and gave them an angry look on Fowler, um, Please forgive me, and God help them not to know that I was a preacher. Or what? Uh, did I say that out loud? So, uh, but it's keeping a short list of accounts. You didn't sin in a blanket way. You sinned specifically. So, so go before God and, and deal with those. I want to make sure you understand what Paul was saying. We've got to live with awareness that one day we'll stand before Christ in judgment. He, but... But hear this, he's not calling us to practice that judgment on other people right now. There's no dress rehearsal for the Bema seat. You're not standing in for Jesus. So he's saying, you be found faithful. Stop pointing your fingers at others. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. So what does that faithfulness look like? Well, there's some things. It's reading the Bible. We've talked about that. Prayer is important. Uh, attending worship. Well done. You, you, you're doing great on that. Giving. I, I think our stewardship, our generosity, that's a part of faithfulness. Uh, witnessing. I, I can't be faithful according to God's word without sharing my faith with others, without looking for that. These things are part of it, but I, I want you to see how Paul continues in this letter. In verse 6, he says, I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up or in favor of one another. So what he's saying is, hey, I, 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 there's a lot you're going to do, but I don't want you to go around boasting. And then he gives three, um, three questions that he, he doesn't answer. Listen to the three questions. For who sees anything different in you? Some of your translations say that a little better, I think. Some of your translations say, who, who thinks you're superior? Then he says, what do you have that you did not receive? And then he says, if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Think about those three questions. First he says, hey, who thinks you're such a big deal? Know the answer? No one. And then he says, what do you have that wasn't given to you? What's the answer? Nothing. So then he says, if you're not that big of a deal and everything you have came down from God, why are you walking around acting like you're such a big deal? And the response was, wow. See, the Corinthian Christians were were acting like they had it all figured out, like they had arrived. They weren't worried about that day. They were all about this day and who was looking at them. They were wealthy. They were prominent. They were influential. And Paul was trying to say that one who desires to be found faithful must constantly recognize that he or she is not there yet. A core part of that journey toward faithfulness is the recognition that I'm still on the journey. 
Like my friend John, one of my early mentors in ministry, used to say, if there's a sign he could put around his neck, he would put around the sign, under construction. Because God's not finished with me yet. We all can relate to that as parents. If you've been on a long trip with small kids, you get in the car. I can imagine if I were living here when my kids were at that stage, we wouldn't have got much down Gillette Avenue. We wouldn't have even made it to 75 before they're saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We're on a journey, and yet some of us are living spiritually as if we've already arrived, if we've already become all that we need to be. I want to give you a few steps just to help you along this journey. These are practical. Take it with it. First, live for the long haul. Live for the long haul. Don't seek to be known for snapshots and sound bites. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. But we live in the snapshot and soundbite age, don't we? So you can go on Facebook and you can make it look like everything's hunky-dory in your little corner of the world. That's not what you're going to account for on that day. Living in this area of social media, sound bites and snapshots drive us. In fact, I was just studying Generation Z, the generation kind of coming of age right now. And it said that if they can't find the answer in 30 seconds on Google, they give up and move on. We, we've become so content with the now that we're not thinking about that day. Secondly, know your limits. Stop pretending to be a know-it-all. If I've not yet arrived, then I need to learn more. This was embedded in me this week as I spent the week up in chilly North Carolina, freezing my toes off at Southeastern Seminary. Most of the people around me, as I went to a couple of chapel services, were at least 20 years younger than me. As I hunkered down in a library, I was just reminded of the importance of being that lifelong learner, of understanding that I want to know more and be more so that I might be found faithful for the glory of God. Have you understood that you're still learning? What's God teaching you? I, I ask our staff often the question I was asked in college, and it rocked my world. I'd grown up in church. I'd, I'd been around the things of God all my life. But somebody asked me, what, what's God teaching you? I begin to think I really should probably always have an answer to that question, because if not, that means I've stagnated. And when things stagnate, they stink. Thirdly, aim for the ultimate commendation of your creator, not the short-lived praise from fellow creatures. Somebody put that this way, learn to live for an audience of one. Some of you are caught up in a problem that is ruining your life, your people pleasers. And I've got a newsflash. You're never going to please them. You'll please some of the people some of the time, but you'll never please all the people all of the time. So prioritize being found faithful by your creator over being found favorable by your peers. Don't let what you perceive as a relationship win in the moment result in a stewardship and servant loss on that day. Remember, there's only one that you're trying to please. 
And then Paul concludes this portion of his letter. And it sounds a little arrogant. So let's listen. Look at verse 14. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Remember, he's seeing them as his spiritual children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, others have influenced you. You do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then notice verse 16, it's shocking. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Can you see that? Is that really in the Bible? Be imitators of me. Wait a second, Paul. I thought we're supposed to be imitators of God. I thought we're supposed to be imitators of Jesus. You're telling us, who do you think you are? Be imitators of me. Is that a typo? Is that, is he misspeaking? No, because he says it again in chapter 11, verse one. Now he clarifies it a little more there. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. (laughs) Follow me. As I follow Jesus, if I am going to be found faithful, I live in such a way that I can say, hey, you follow me because I'm following Jesus. Our problem is most of us wouldn't be comfortable saying to someone, follow me. Paul said this again. He said in Galatians, he said, you're imitating me doing this. And then in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3, he said, for you yourself know how you ought to imitate us. But you know what I've learned? It's easier to admire someone than to imitate them. And, And some of you have great admiration for God and you admire Jesus Or you might have admiration for a a person who is deeply spiritual and you admire them, but, but you're not taking the steps to do what they do. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. The guy by the name of Brother Lawrence, he he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And really at the heart of this is just an understanding that in everything I do, God is present. So what if I lived like it? My mom, not a perfect person, but a saint in so many ways to me. And I remember as a child growing up, her just saying, son, everything you do, even your thoughts, everything you do, God is there. So that's part of that holy fear the Bible talks about, having an awareness. So I'm practicing the presence of God. It was said of Brother Lawrence that he was known more to pray in the kitchen than he did in cathedrals. In other words, he was praying as he 
he would go. It, it, it was said that he was pleased when he could take up a straw from the ground for the love of God, seeking him only and nothing else, not even his gifts. So he lived in such a way, as Paul would describe in 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to talk about that, but he lived in such a way that everything he did was for the glory of God. Whether he would eat, whether he would sleep, whether he would drink, he would do it for the glory of God. As a husband, he was living for the glory of God. As a wife, she was living for the glory of God. As a co-worker, they were living for a glory of God. As a teacher, they were living for the glory of God. As a student, they were living for the glory of God. As an engineer or a baker or, or, or whatever you do, living for the glory of God. That's how you're found faithful, not just living for what God can do for you but living because of who he is. So there's two things, and then we're done. Two things that I think help you live in such a way to be found faithful. And I think these are pretty cool. Get this. First, you learn to live as an illustrator of the character of God. I'm an avid fan of books. I love books. I have a pretty big library of my own and I haven't read all of every book, but I, I love books. I love old books and I love books with pictures. Some of you like to read like that. How many pictures does it have? What are the illustrations? This week, I, I got a new scholarly commentary on 1 Corinthians. And one of the things I love about it is that it has some great pictures of ancient Corinth. It's kind of to help me understand it so that I can communicate it better to you. And it's got some great charts in, in there. It's illustrations of the truth. You are called to be a living illustration of who God is in this world. God could have, just as he could have 2,000 years ago, he could have appeared in a manifest way so that your neighbors and your classmates, so that your coworkers and that your family would see him and be drawn to him. But that's not his choice. He's chose to appear to the illustration of your life. So if you're to be found faithful, you need to live as an illustration of God and his character in this world. But there's a second thing. Here it is. Be an imitator of a godly character. Be an illustrator of God's character, but be an imitator of a godly character. Look for somebody to follow as they follow Jesus. Look for somebody whose life has impacted you and ask God to use that for his glory in your life. If you're a younger Christ follower, find somebody a little further along in the journey and let them influence you for the glory of God. I really think it's important that you find folks that maybe have lived a little more life than you even. I'm, I'm disturbed by a trend that I see among some in our Christian faith whose heroes are their peers. Find people that know a little more, who've been through a little more, who've walked through a little more of the journey than you and say, oh God, teach me, help me to follow them as they follow you. And if you're a more mature Christ follower, Determined to live a life worth imitating. And then find people in your corner of the world to influence. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, imitate Christ in your loving spirit. Speak kindly, act kindly, that men may say of you, he has been with Jesus. 
And that's what they said of of Peter and of John in Acts 4. It says they looked at them and they perceived they were uneducated. They were common men. In other words, when they saw them, they're thinking, oh, this is going to be good. We're not going to get much out of them. But then they were astounded. And they said, good night. Those guys, they've been with Jesus. See, our purpose is not that complicated. It's to be found faithful. And when you are, you'll look behind, and I think you'll see some people following you in the journey. And as this was churning and baking and growing in my heart this week, I couldn't help but think about how I kind of do that with my friend Bill. Bill Buckley's a, a faithful leader in our church. A couple of weeks ago, we were meeting in my office and um, just about church business. He's one of our trustees, and we we're just talking about church stuff. And then I, I said, Hey, let me pray for you because Bill had been walking with, he teaches one of our senior adult classes. He'd been walking through folks with folks who some death and difficulties in their life. And man, I just got emotional as I prayed because I, I thought about how I follow Bill as he follows Jesus. And I just said, God, thank you for his ministry and thank you for how he impacts people. And I had no idea what the next few days would hold. So uh, this week, um, I was away at seminary, as I mentioned, and I got a call early uh, early Monday that one of our faithful folks, uh, we couldn't get in contact with him. And his name was Mr. Willie, Mr. Willie Blackman. And and my call said, hey, we've tried and we've tried, and, and now Bill is headed over there. And uh, Willie's in the service today. Everybody say, hey, Willie. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's nothing short of a miracle with what I'm about to tell you because my friend Bill not meaning to embarrass either one of them, but he, he found Willie on, on the floor. Willie had had a stroke. And so over the next several hours, uh, we were praying for Willie's life. And there were many moments in those hours where we certainly would have had no idea that Willie would have been sitting in a service on Sunday. And um, as Bill and I prayed, Zach and I prayed over the phone for Willie as he went into brain surgery on Monday. Hello. I was so grateful that my friend Bill was with my friend Willie. And we made it through those couple of days, and then I got a call that my friend Gene Stockett Bill's friend, Gene Stockett, had just really taken a nosedive in his health. He'd been in the hospital. He'd been in a battle for a couple of years, but he's probably going to be moved to hospice. So here I was on the phone again with my friend, Bill. And truthfully, Bill was now at a second place where I wanted to be, but distance just prevented me. And as I prayed for somebody we love, for Gene and for Carol Stockett with Bill, I just thought, oh, God, thank you for Bill. Thank you for putting people in my life that I can follow 
as they follow you. I want you to understand something. This thing called faith, it is so much more than a confession. And some of you have made that confession and you've received Christ in your life. But it's more than that. It's even more than your convictions. Some of you have deep convictions. Now, frankly, some of us know more where you stand politically than we do about your relationship with Christ, and that is screwed up. It's more than just your convictions. This relationship is being found faithful because you've lived a life of commitment, being faithful to your Creator. So ask God to help you live in such a way that you can say, Today, follow me as I follow Jesus. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.